All right, January 20, 2023. My name is Jaron Jackson. I do love America. For me, it is always about the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. That is God's power to salvation. And today I want to talk about, are we going to be watching our servants or are we supposed to be building empires? There's several times in the Bible when Jesus just kind of goes off by himself. The book of Luke in chapter 5 says that he frequently withdrew by himself. Now, if Christ is king, and he is, and he had followers, there were times that the people that were following Jesus, Jesus would go off by himself and pray and fast and uh, spend some alone time with God. I think that that's a good measure. And I think there's a disconnect between our constitutional republic today and the attention, the object of our attention, which is politics. Our constitutional republic says that our government is in service to us. It only exists to serve us for our for the public good, for our benefit. And so if you understand that, every single person in government, regardless of if they're on the radical left or the right, they are a servant. Everybody, everything in government is a servant. And so I've been trying to get back to storytelling. I've been trying to understand how to broadly diffuse the knowledge that our founding fathers had. And I think one of the ways to do that is to tell the story. And the story is because our founders love Jesus and Jesus himself modeled frequently withdrawing from the knowledge and the observation of other people to go worship God, to go fast, to go pray, to go do what he wanted to do. I believe that that is how the masters in America should be modeling their lives. There should be many times when we frequently withdraw from the public sphere. And I believe that the public sphere is one not only where the government regulates with its statutes and its codes and whatnot, but it's also the domain where the entertainment, and I use that word, uh, I, I, it's sarcastic. We're being entertained by stupidity. We're being, our attentions are gobbled up by people who don't love Jesus, aren't edifying the body, and as we'll see, they're freaking hypocrites. And because they're hypocrites, the frustration is that the people who observe the hypocrites go, well, why don't you go do something about it? And then the people that are benefiting from pointing out the hypocrisy if you think about it, their bread plate depends on them being able to point out the hypocrisy and not to do anything about it. They're not working themselves out of a job. What they're doing is enshrining opposition to the stuff that sucks and is bad. And so if you are watching the servants, you are not being the master. If you are so focused on looking at what the people who work for you are doing, political pundits, then you're not living your life. I want to frame this if I can. I want to, I want to see if I can frame this appropriately. I, I saw a video right before I came on. And I want to play this video because this video does it better than I can do. This video talks about an intergenerational, a multi-generational approach. And this is 100%. This is where I'm headed, folks. This is where I'm headed, Lord willing. When I wrote the book, Christian Nationalism is Inevitable, this is the type of stuff I had in mind. When I'm learning about the common law and the more that I learn about the common law, this is the stuff I have in mind. When I understand that we, the people, are the masters of government, the more I'm, the more disdain I have for all of the time and attention and the focus put on our servants. I hate it. And I'm learning to hate it with a righteous indignation grounded in the law because I recognize the opportunities that are lost. So I want to play this video and I want to approach and I want to address the skeptics in the back of the room. Because the skeptics in the back of the room are going to be saying, well, Jaron, the government affects us. They, they direct how national policy goes and all that. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But first, this is the frame that I want to bring this uh, conversation today. To watch servants or to build empires. Watch this. Something in the orange tells me we're not done. To you I'm just a man, to me you're all I am. Where the hell 
am I supposed to go? I'm posing myself against something in the orange Tells me you're never coming home If you leave today, I'll just stare right the way The orange touches all things around The grass, trees, and do how I just hate you Please turn those headlights around Yeah, it's this idea that they called it a compound, whether you want to call it your property, your homestead, your whatever. It's this multi-generational dynamic. Living life, supporting each other, live local, getting into the word, living in the private, managing your affairs, working the earth, having assets, building generational wealth. This is, I, I, I lose sleep on this issue. I lose sleep on this issue because it motivates me so much, understanding that a common law country which is what we have, makes that absolutely possible, but it also secures your prosperity if you know what the law is. This was the way of this nation before the 20th century. Something happened in the 20th century, right around 1913, right around 1916. Something happened that got people out of their, their knowledge of the law, their knowledge of the Constitution, common law, the Bible, and for the last 100 plus years, we've been focused on stupid crap. And now stupid crap has made us stupid. And we, we have attention-seeking servants in positions of trust, the government, elected officials, that are bombarding your brain with Hegelian dialectic psyops to get you to be emotional about the stuff that is being shoved into your eyes and your ears. And instead of thinking rationally, instead of understanding what the law is, instead of bringing Jesus and the scripture and the gospel to the situation, we look the other way. Now, I want to ask the question, is, is our nation still a nation of laws? Do we have a bunch of hypocrites or is it just incredibly smart expertise? Are these godless commies, these hypocrites, the Joe Bidens, the Hunter Bidens, these, these uh, people at the IRS, the DOJ, the FBI, are they breaking the law? Or are they just incredibly technically competent such that whenever you in your moral standard understanding that the government is supposed to defend your rights whenever you see the government not defending you hurting you and it's giving a two-tier justice system it's preferential for them but it's detrimental to you or the the ones like you when you see that disparity you think hypocrisy the anger arises and the anger that comes up gets you from not reading what's written, you start getting mad. And so you start finding champions that affirm your anger. Not because your anger isn't justified, but because now your anger is your master and you are the slave. And so if you understand it from that perspective, the question of are we a nation of laws? Are we a nation of experts? I think that because we're a nation of laws, you have experts that really hate those laws that have shifted the story that people believe in their head. I want to go, if I can, give you some examples. This meme says, this wasn't written to keep you in line. It was written to keep them in line. Of course, this is talking about the Constitution. Your Constitution, the Constitution, is a trust indenture. It's expressed, which means it's written. If something's not in the trust, then the government can't do it. And everybody who uses power of the trust has to first swear to agree to defend the trust. So if you understand what's in the Constitution and you know what the law is, you can use what the law is that they've already agreed to, to defend you. And because the entire thing is designed to defend you, if you know what the law says and if you know what your rights are, you will literally never lose. Now, of course, I can't stop sin and corruption. I can't de stop depraved judges. And there will be people that say things to trip you up. And of course, I'm not an attorney. Haven't been to law school. Don't have a bar license because that's a membership I don't want to be part of. But I do have the $1 million common law seminar. And I'm giving it away for free. For a limited time only, 
as long as it's not going to be deleted from the internet at commonlawpeople.com, it is a common law seminar to lay out the basics of this nation, to lay out the basics, the fundamental principles of law. It is free, no charge. And so if people are interested in understanding, do you just want to watch servants or do you want to build empires? Do you want to, do you want to advance the kingdom? Do you want to build that generational wealth? Do you want to understand the common law such that if this godless commie government came after you, you would know how to stand on your rights? That's, that's the ticket for you. I want to shift if I can, and I want to give you an example of where this hypocrisy is cutting against guaranteed rights. We'll listen here to RFK. Go ahead, sir. YouTube deplatformed me. I didn't talk about vaccines in that speech. I didn't talk about anything that be, could be, was a verboten subject. I just was talking about my campaign and things, the conversation that we ought to be having with each other as Americans. But I was shut down. And that is why the First Amendment's important. Debate, congenial, respectful debate, is the, is the fertilizer, it's the water, it's the sunlight for our democracy. We need to be talking to each other. Now, this is at Letter, and many of you signed, many of my fellow Democrats. I've spent my life in this party. I've devoted my life to the values of this party. This 102 people signed this. This itself is evidence of the problem that this hearing was convened to address. This is an attempt to censor a censorship hearing. Yeah, I had to get this thing. Um, God bless this man for you know championing the the liberty, the liberalism that was you know good in the sense that it's freedom of speech. I'll just say that freedom of speech is a Christian concept, anchored and secured in the common law because Jesus in Matthew twelve thirty four says, "From the wellspring of the heart, the mouth speaks." You have your rights. Because Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount said, All power is given to him, go ye therefore. That's him giving you your rights. The definition of rights is the power of free action. So the reason why you have rights is because God is good and Jesus wants the gospel to overcome the world. So Christians, using their power to freely act on behalf of the king, are free to do whatever he tells them to. So whenever you speak the gospel, which is what he tells you to preach... No one can tell you not to. That's why you have free speech. You have free speech because God is good and Christians were obedient. And because of that, this nation is so thoroughly rooted on free speech that now that it's being destroyed, I don't know RFK's faith. You know, I want him to know Jesus. I want everyone to know Jesus. But he's arguing from a bygone era. He's arguing from a time that wasn't postmodern. He's arguing from a time when most Americans would agree that God existed. He's arguing from a time where most Americans would say, yeah, Jesus is Lord. That's changed. You have to understand that fundamental distinction. Now, from a constitution perspective, and I've driven, I've, I've, I've drawn this before, I want to draw, again, you have we the people. We the people, right? We the people. We made the Constitution. The Constitution is a public trust. This public trust has power. This public trust, so these people made this public trust and they gave it power. They wrote things. They wrote specific things. When people swear to it to serve, these people get their power. These people are called trustees. This is literally everyone in the government. Now, this whole arrangement is only to benefit the beneficiaries, right? Which is these guys. This is us, beneficiary. So whenever the Constitution says the people have the right to do X, Y, Z, that's the beneficiary. So this is the arrangement of a public trust. This government, through trustees, have contracted and given money to third-party agencies. We'll call this Google. Google is a private company, but Google, because it's received money from the trust, I believe, and I argue, it's got strings attached. This is why whenever you take money, there's a controlling aspect here. So one of the people, RFK, is having his speech limited by an entity that received money from the trust. This can't happen. 
So if you just get nuked by Facebook or YouTube or any of the other these agencies that have ever taken any government money, the power of the trust can't hurt the beneficiary. So YouTube can't receive money and then turn around and use its platform to harm or in trespass of the free speech of the people. It could if it's never received money. But how much money has Google received from the government? How much money has Alphabet received, YouTube received? You'll find that because our public trust is so specific, there's a lot that the government can't lawfully do. But because the government can contract and the power to contract is unlimited, these contracts can go to all sorts of companies, all sorts of institutions, all sorts of entities that can then turn around and screw us over. And as long as the people don't know what their rights are, these guys will continue to screw us over in these types of situations. So you've got RFK running to be, uh, you know, he's applying for a job to be a trustee, and he's over here complaining by the fact that he's been deplatformed by an entity that he should understand has received government money. You can't use the power of the trust to hurt the beneficiary. If he's running for office and he's having a conversation talking about vaccines or whatever, this can't give money to anything or be in contract with anything if it hurts these guys. So because YouTube has taken money, this now has jurisdiction over this. It has jurisdiction over that, one, because it's a public company, but two, because this right here is hurting one of the people. And whenever you understand that you're the beneficiary, you can, in a public capacity, come to government as one of the we the people. Because all political power is here. All political power is we the people. So you come out of your private capacity, you come to the government by right to we the people, and you tell the government, hey, you guys, this was written down, you guys swore to it, obey. If people don't understand that, they're going to continue to get hemmed up. So I want to shift, if I can, to this next notion that everyone always says... And that is, no one's above the law. This is Merrick Garland, failed Supreme Court nominee from, uh, what's his face, Obama. No one's above the law, except for millions of illegal invaders, BLM, Antifa, rioters, and Democrats. Now, the Democrat stuff, I just think that that's Hegelian. I think that's stupid. I don't really buy into the two-party system, even though I fully understand that that's superficially what presents. What I see is a Hegelian dialectic. What I see is uh, just attention. I see servants getting the attention of their masters. So you got a bunch of people that are getting up on top of the table and dancing. They're shining the shoes. They're smiling at you. They're doing magic tricks and singing songs. That's what our government's doing. They're, they're, they're uh, don't look over here. Don't look over here while they do the magic trick. That's what's going on in politics. So the DOJ said, you know, we, we have this mantra, this cliche in America. Well, no one's above the law. Is that true? Is that true? Because as we saw, the law is the Constitution. Who's beholden to the Constitution? The people that swore the oath. If you're a beneficiary, did you swear an oath to the Constitution? No. And so if the Constitution is written for the people that are sworn to it, what does the law say? The law says that the beneficiaries must be protected and that nothing in the government can go against the beneficiaries. So whenever we say no one's above the law, is that true? Because if the law of the land is the constitution, if it's the common law, these people right here, we the people, are above the constitution because we wrote it. We make it. We're the ones with all the political power. We're the ones with rights. We're the ones that are supposed to be the beneficiary of government. So yes, we are above the Constitution. Now this does not mean, and I am not arguing, sovereign citizen stuff. I'm not arguing that. I'm arguing what the common law is. And just so you know, you can go look at your Constitution, and I don't have it, well, do I have it brought up? Yeah, I think I do, I think I, I saved this. Let me do this real fast. Let's do United States Constitution. Let's go, let's, uh, where are we at? Where's my screen? There we go, screen. Let's go down to, we want to go Article 6. Article 6, Debt Summary Supremacy Oaths. Article 6, we want to go here. Where are you at? This, this is the United States Constitution. This Constitution, the laws of the United States, which shall be made in pursuance thereof, and all treaties made, which shall be made under the authority. Hold on, let me, let me blow this. Let me jihad this for you guys. Because I know some people don't see well. Here we go. Uh, the, um, under the authority of the United States shall be the supreme law of the land law of the land. 
So let's just look at Law of the Land real fast. And folks, you know, if you've watched this before, the reason why I'm doing that is this is an iterative process. We're iterating things. So let me go to my Black's Law Dictionary and let me go to Law of the Land. Law of the Land means due process of law. Due process of law. It, the meaning is that every citizen shall hold his life, liberty, and property, immunities under the uh, property of general rules which govern society. And then the, the dictionary says here, the Black's Law says here, everything which may pass under the form of enactment is not the law of the land. So if you look at the Constitution that says right here, the Constitution is the law of the land, you just saw in Black's Law Dictionary that the law of the land is not anything that passes by statute. Now why is that? Well, that's because we moved to the common law. We have a common law system, and according to a common law system, we have, let me get it. Uh, what I'm doing is I'm trying to look for it now. I should just mark these things. We have a common law system. Let me bring this up. Common law system. The common law, where are you at? Come on, camera. The common law is as distinguished from Roman law. So it's not Roman law, it's not, come on, camera. It's distinguished from, which means it's not. It's distinguished from Roman law, the modern civil law, the canon law, and other systems. What is the common law? The common law comprises the body of those principles and rules of action relating to the government. So it's principles and rules of action and security of persons and property, right? So it's your relation to government in which there it is the focus is on the security of persons and property. Get your eyes up here. The common law is where you get the security of the persons and property. So because this is the, 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 the system that we have, when we see these notions that no one is above the law, the common law secures our rights and our property and our persons, which is the whole point. And so now you get to the DOJ. Now you get to the FBI. Now you get to the CIA, the IRS. You get to all these, all these federal agencies that whenever you say it, or excuse me, whenever I say it, you don't like them. And the reason you don't like them is because you see the double standard, but you also fear them. Be very clear. Be honest with yourself. Be sober. You fear them. You fear going to court. You fear going to prison. You fear these people walking in and just hammering you because you know that you don't know what all of their statutes say. You know, and they know, that if they said something to you, you'd be like, what? This is why you do the common law people, the common law seminar, commonlawpeople.com. It's also, if we can shift gears, this is where when people are starting to say that the government hinges on these things, the, D, the, the FBI, the DOJ, the CIA, these types of things. I mean, listen to this. This guy's name is Rep Representative Mafumi. Don't know how to pronounce that name, but here he is. Commentary follows. Now, here's what galls me. I don't like these attacks on the Department of Justice the FBI, the IRS, as if they are somehow anti-US agencies. Those agencies keep this democracy in check, it keeps them in float. They provide the checks and they provide the balances. Superficial talking points, checks and balances, you'll never find that in the Constitution. What you'll find is you'll find expressed, expressed items in the public trust that these guys are supposed to do. Now, I would argue that the DOJ, the FBI, the IRS, I would question where these guys get their authority. I would ask them, where's your charter? Where does the Constitution say that you can exist? But that's beside the point. That's a different conversation. This dude is a trustee. He is someone who's right here. That guy swore to get power. But yet this guy is calling this a democracy? We're not a democracy. We're a constitutional republic. This is the law of the land. This is the public trust. That guy, the guy that I just played right there, is a stupid moron. Doesn't know anything. He's dumb. But he's in power. Now, if you're one of the people, you look at this dude and you're like, you're a servant, bro. You work for me. But because we have a bad understanding, we go along with that. But you notice that the people that are in government are the advocates for the government or agencies that have become targeting against the beneficiaries. J6. Anybody that, uh, you know, income tax, like, I mean, like all sorts of stuff, all sorts of stuff. Now I want to go to this IRS whistleblower. And if you've got kids, 
I see you have 10 second heads up. It's going to cover um, notions and ideas of promiscuity. And then we're going to be showing a video of Marjorie Taylor Greene. So this is probably not a time for kids, grandkids, um, you know, whatever. But, but this is, let me be very clear. I hate the hypocrisy. I hate the moral degradation. I hate the idea that you have such godless people in such positions of power and they have been gallivanting with our power in trespass to the trust for so long. And now that it's being exposed, I'm for that. I'm for exposing the moral uh, failings of people that are sworn to the public trust. Because if you're going to go out and be a fornicator or an idolater or a liar, if you're going to be a, um, a heavy spender, if you're going to be someone who is lascivious, if you're going to be someone who is lewd, if you're going to be someone who goes against my morals, I don't want you in government. Because my morals are Christian morals, and the Christian morals is what got us the, the common law, and the common law is how we move. So I don't want anybody with power that doesn't have my worldview and doesn't share my values. Everyone would say that. In fact, I would challenge anybody to say, well, I don't want people in power to be opposite of me. No. They're going to say, here's the common touch points. We want to share these. And if you're in, in a position of public trust, the essence of your power is the fact that you agreed to serve. How do I believe you if you're a freaking de uh, degenerate? How do, how do, how do I... You know, how are you going to do your job if you're a liar, if you're a thief, if you're a hypocrite, if you're a murderer? Okay. And so here we have um, an IRS whistleblower speaking about how Hunter Biden had monies that he reported that were used for something else that he reported. So he lied, basically. This is, go ahead. Do that. There were deductions for what we believe to be escorts and then that $10,000 golf club membership. Yes, that was not a golf club membership. That was for a sex club payment. That was for a sex club payment. Um, now, the, the thing is, our post-truth, post-Christian society, there will be a growing and sizable portion of our people that hear that and be like, so? Who cares? Let him do it. It's his liberty. That's the failure of modern liberalism. That's the failure of this libertarian perspective. Hey, live and let live. No, not live and let live. Am I, as a Christian, a Jesus follower, who's got rights from Christ, am I supposed to use my rights to see what other people are doing in trespass to him, in risk of hell, and just not talk to them about it? I'm just going to see these dudes that are destined to hell and be like, well, that sucks. You, you live your life, live and let live, you're going to go to hell. No, I am supposed to die to myself daily. And if I believe the Holy Spirit moves on you to go tell someone that they're living in sin and they're wrong and they need to repent and believe the gospel, you do that. So if someone's, you know, using money for sex clubs, a large portion of our country be like, well, that's just their, that's just their choice. That's freedom. Freedom's messy. Freedom is messy, but that doesn't mean it has to be degenerate. That doesn't mean that we have to accept an indecent standard for, for acceptable conduct. And I would say that the standard is the Bible. And the Bible tells me I'm wrong all the time. All the time. But it's this notion that Hunter Biden is filling out his tax forms. And he's saying that, well, these are golf club memberships. It's not sex club memberships. This is just, it's it's... I have issues with all sorts of things that I'm talking about, but I don't want to get down on the wrong trail. This is Marjorie Taylor Greene whenever she, well, I'll just go ahead, go ahead. This is evidence uh, of, of Hunter Biden Chairman, making sex, excuse me, this is my time, coming making of, okay. pornography. Should we be displaying this, Mr. Chairman, get, 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 in the committee? Get a now, there's a couple of uh, the hypocrisies. Democrats are generally in, in, in favor of the fornicating movement, the LGB, whatever perverting of kids and stuff like that. How can you support genderqueer and all these stupid books about Satan and idolatry and fornication for kids, diddling kids in public with your transgender drag shows, but then you don't want in this house a woman showing a picture of the president's son whenever he's purposefully making a, porno, uh, a porn movie, an adult film movie. Like, that's hypocrisy. But again, because we've had such degeneracy and we've gotten away from the gospel, there will be people like, well, you know, he can make his own porn. There may be people who are publicly speaking who themselves have made porn movies 
private porn video. It's just why would you? It 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 doesn't make sense to me. But because porn is one of the greatest addictions of specifically men and increasingly number of people in our in our culture today, there will be people that will publicly say, "Oh, that's not good," but then privately, that's like that's what they're doing. Marjorie Taylor Greene. She just divorced her husband because she was alleged to have had tantric sex with the dude that owned the gym that she went to. So it's like, there's a level of, of, of hypocrisy here that people on the right will look at her and be like, wow, look at her. She's pointing out this big thing. But it's like, has she checked the log in her own eye? Is she, is she the messenger there? Because if she's the messenger with her degeneracy and she's the one pointing it out, doesn't that kind of dilute the seriousness of it? How can you really go against Hunter for what he did in private whenever she did something else in private and now her marriage is falling apart and now she's doing all sorts of... Like this is where, because we've gotten so far away from Jesus, because we've gotten away from the gospel, it's like, this is just bread and games, folks. This is just entertainment. This is why it's watching servants and not building an empire. Because this will get underneath your skin. If you're a political conservative, if you're a social conservative, this will get underneath your skin. And you'll say, well, that's not right. He's the president's son. Where's the prosecution? Send him to jail. And in your anger, even though I agree with it, I, I'm, I'm right there too. In your anger, you're not actually like thinking about what you can do in your life or building institutions or, or practicing things or training things for the future, for, for decades. Remember, I started with Luke 5. Jesus frequently went into the, you know, into the private. He frequently prayed. He frequently did those things. He left the people to where they couldn't observe him. Frequently. I think that that's what you should be doing. Frequently going into the private. Frequently doing your business. Fasting, praying, you know, building, being a carpenter, whatever. We need to take a picture from, we need to take a page from Christ's book and follow him. Because right now you got a bunch of people that are honed in on all these servants. And now it's, you know, all the political pundits, the podcasters, the people with the big audiences that get the the, the, the prime primo access. They they sit at the chief seats at the at the synagogue of conference conference speaker circuits. And the result of this is that we have a nation that doesn't take care of itself. And let me cut. Because there's one nation that we take care of more than ourselves. I'll just let it speak. This is the Prime Minister of Israel in a joint session of Congress yesterday. Listen to what he says. To us it is clear that America is irreplaceable to Israel and Israel is irreplaceable to America. joint session of Congress. I'm an America firster. I am a Christian nationalist. I want my trust indenture, the Constitution, to serve me and benefit me and you, the people here. I do not want my trust indenture, I do not want the public trust to bend itself to serve not America or not Americans. I want America first. And there is one nation, Israel, that receives all sorts of money with all sorts of good, plush, you know, uh, awesome opportunities that no other nation receives. And I just want my country put first. I love all people. I'm a Christian. I want everybody to come to Christ. I want everyone to believe the gospel. I want everyone to go to heaven. So does God. He doesn't, he doesn't want anyone to, to perish. But we have allegiance issues. Here, you've got politicians and trustees that have allegiances to entities that are not what they're sworn to. They get paid. These guys give them kickbacks. These guys give them a rotating door of professional. So like if they're no longer a trustee, they're no longer a representative, well now they can go sit on the board. Or now they can go have a job. Or now they get a, you know, a stock tip or some type of investing opportunity. I want to eliminate the incentives for trustees who are sworn to the public trust to betray their trust or have competing allegiances. I just like that's, I, I think that's a big thing. I think that's an incredibly big thing. So, but there will be people who will say that this is a hateful perspective. It's not a hateful perspective. 
Because whenever you have open borders, butchered babies, you have tens of thousands of people dying from fentanyl daily, maybe monthly, whatnot. There's so many major issues harming, hurting, killing, depriving the people in this nation, oppressing them, terrorizing them, trespassing their rights. So many bad things going on. I want, I want the basics. I want the law of the land to be the law of the land. I want people who swear to the Constitution to swear to the Constitution and to do and to uphold their oath. But this is why I don't think that we ha we have a lot of hypocrisy. But I think most things are because we just have really good experts. We have technical experts at being evil. There's a technical expertise. There is this varsity level, professional level of expertise to be evil, shrewd, conniving, cunning. And it all begins because they have a different story about government and power than most Americans do. Most Americans don't see themselves in the image of God. Most Americans don't see themselves having rights in a trust indenture by the common law in a constitutional republic. They see themselves in a democracy. More and more, they see themselves as black or gay or Aleutian or, you know, transgender. Like, they see themselves as some composite, some man-made, psychologically, probably union psychology, Freudian psychology derivative, some Darwinian construct. Where because they've come from pond scum and then monkeys and now there's a certain genetic aspect about them that they want to elevate above the fact that they're made in God's image and they need the blood of the lamb to be saved from their sins so they can go to heaven, not not hell. We don't think like that. By God's grace, more and more, I will be somebody who fights that for the rest of my life. In lighter news, for those people who love chicken nuggets... I saw this. I saw this article. Where are we at? Let me do this. If if you love chicken nuggets, if if you go to McDonald's and you eat a chicken McNugget, I mean, show me the part of the chicken where the nuggets made from. There was a family in Cleveland that was awarded eight hundred thousand dollars after a four-year-old girl was danger burned by a dangerously hot McDonald's chicken McNugget. Felana Holmes, right, hugs her attorney, Kayla Smith. I mean, look at this. After an injury, after, excuse me, a jury awarded her $800,000 on behalf of her daughter, Olivia Caraballo. The first thing I, I see, Felania Holmes, Olivia Caraballo. There's a difference here versus here, right? So there's already a distraught family. They're embracing an attorney for an $800,000 award on behalf of burnt chicken nuggets. <laughs> oh boy uh, yeah so there you go Felania Holmes and Humberto uh, Caravar Caraballo Estevez sued McDonald's seeking 15 million after they got a second degree burn from a hot chicken nugget come on folks you know why this is you know why this is hold on give me your eyes you know why this is right here because in our system You've got this, right? You've, you've got this system. This is our system. So this constitution, we'll do this right here. This constitution, right? This is the same constitution. This constitution with written words came up with three branches, branches the legislative, the executive, and the judicial, right? So this constitution and all constitutions give us three branches of government. The legislative branch, the executive branch, the judicial branch. The Constitution gives the judicial branch power. Now what people have done, not affiliated with government, they freely associated in what's called a private membership association. And this private membership association is called the bar. So here you have, this is the power here. Here you have, see up here you have beneficiaries of government have privately associated, and they call themselves the Bar Association. So they're a private association of beneficiaries. So beneficiaries are privately associating. As they're privately associating, what these people have done is they've positioned themselves as the Bar Association, and only they are able to come into here, right? They're able to come in here and practice law for money.
So you've got people like you and me privately associating in an association called the Bar Association. The Bar Association has positioned itself in law schools and legislatures and statutes that it is positioned itself that they can come into the judicial branch, the courts. Only the Bar, this association of private people, can come into a judicial branch right here and they can make a lot of money. You want to know why there's $800,000 awards for Chicken McNuggets right there? You want to know why? Because of this right here. This bar association made of people in the private are freely associating and they position themselves as people that can go into courts and practice law for money. If you and I practice law, that's illegal. Why is that? Because we have a common law system and common law is the every citizen holds their rights so it's illegal to practice law in a common law system because common law system is based on the rights of people so whenever people whenever these people have rights secured in the constitution these people can't turn their rights over to somebody else and that's exactly what you do when you hire an attorney in fact this court right here will consider anybody who comes into it that's with an attorney, a minor, a kid, an imbecile, someone who's stupid in the head. And so these courts will look at anybody who comes into them who's represented by an attorney, that's why you can't talk, and, and because you're, you know, they, they think you're stupid. And so these bar attorneys, private association, making money, and here's an example, right there, look at that. Chicken McNuggets, $800,000. That right there, is because there is a money-making opportunity in the judicial branch of the Constitution because people don't know their rights. And because people don't know their rights, people who do know their rights are freely associating so they can practice law in court making tons of money. And that's why the people that benefit the most from law are attorneys. And I, and I, and I say this as one who, I'm a son of my, you know, my father, before he went to go home with Jesus because he believed the gospel. My father was an attorney. My uncle's an attorney. My father-in-law's an attorney. I come from a, a family of attorneys. So attorneys have made money to support me in my family and, and whatnot growing up. But that doesn't mean I like it. That doesn't mean that I think it's an appropriate system. Now, not everybody can understand the law and their rights. Not everyone can understand those things. And that's where you would uh, you know, have counsel that would give you assistance. This is why the Sixth Amendment says that you have the assistance of counsel, not the representation of counsel. But we've we've shifted that. So instead of going out and hiring someone to give you advice, what we've done is we've taken our rights and we've just given them to someone. And that someone that they then give our rights, then they argue statutes and all that kind of stuff. And that's why, um, I mean, that's why we're so litigious. That's again, that's why you have. Uh, $800,000 judgments for hot chicken nuggets. You'll think next time whenever you get a Big Mac. All right, I want to talk about the Department of Defense. The Department of Defense has recently stated that transgender people no longer have to deploy. Where's my uh, this? Here we go. Let's go back to our screen. Let me uh, jihad this real fast. So this is from the dossier, dossier today. Confidential Biden DOD memo reveals transgender service members can skip deployments and receive indefinite physical fitness standard waivers. Wow, wow. Oh boy, oh boy. This means basically that if you decide to gender jump, if you are an idolater in uniform, you don't have to do what you swore to do. That's the issue. February 1, that's the day dad went home, amen. Uh, at the beginning of his tenure, President Biden ended President Trump's ban on people who identify as transgender. So basically, President Trump said no more idolatry. And this guy here, uh, this guy here said, yeah, you guys can have idolatry in the military. Which is interesting because, hold on, uh, give me your eyes. Uh, which is interesting because if you're in the military, you've sworn an oath to the Constitution. So if you swear an oath to the Constitution and all of a sudden you decide to gender jump and be an idolater, what does that mean? That, in my opinion, that means your oath that you swore to get power to be a trustee, you no longer have that binding on your conscience. Because if your conscience is confused about who God made you to be, how can you be trustworthy to take an oath to the public trust in service of the people? 
Don't make sense to me. It don't make sense to me. But anyway, you've got uh, these gender jumpers, these idolaters, these uh, these people that need the gospel, like everybody else, uh, are now serving in the military. And here's the thing: I wouldn't put I wouldn't put it past. I wouldn't put it past that fat captain or iron major or E six or somebody. I wouldn't put it past that mid career person who understands. Okay, all I got to do is kind of wear this uniform. I get weekends off. You know, I rarely have to deploy. It's really not that bad. I get the free health care. I get a pension after 20 years. I'm going to be a girl so that I can do less push-ups. I'm going to do a girl so that I can basically walk my two-mile run. I'm going to be a girl so that I don't have to do the sit-ups, the push-ups, the runs, the rucks, all these other things. Now, there will be people that will say, well, what about the girls that become men? Well, that's they're just stupid on top of being idolaters because now they're subjected themselves to harder physical fitness requirements. But I would be very interested to see how many men say that they're women in the military. And I would be very interested to see if the men that were becoming women in the military couldn't pass PT standards or height weight. Now, I went to West Point with one of the very first dudes to say that he was a girl. Uh, his name's Aaron Stellick. Uh, he was a history major. He was my year group in in the army. I don't know his, what he goes by now, but he's a dude. He's not a girl. Um, what's his name? I'll look it up real fast. What's his name? Uh, his name was Aaron Stellick, or it's it is Aaron Stellick. Stellick uh, Army. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this person right here. Right here. That's him. That's Aaron. And then this I guess is what he looks like now. So that's that's a that's Aaron. That's Aaron Stellick. I went to West Point with that guy. Um anyway, uh, what was it now? Olivia? Is it Olivia now? Yeah, so that's Aaron Stellick. Just interesting. Went to West Point. So see? West Point. Uh anyway, um, point I'm trying to make is um, nice person, smart um, I did not know he, he did not present himself like that at school, not at all, had no idea thought it was kind of weird, thought he was kind of like, you know you know, um, but a nice guy, nice nice person so, um, you know he needs Jesus anyway, point, point being that you now have a military that is full of people that have, I believe, competing uh, competing uh, allegiances in this case, their, their most pressing allegiance is that of their head, of that of their identity and now that we've made identity something that we can ascribe to uh, in other words, you're black or you're transgender or you're gay or you're white or you're black or whatever because now identity is something that we can assent to mentally um, the Darwinists, these idolaters, these God-haters, these Christ-deniers have created a buffet table of identities that people can mentally assent to. So, so you can go around and as society changes or as things work, you can figure out what entree you want to participate of, identify as, in order to get the best benefits from the culture. And today it's, you know, it's, I mean, this is the, the, what's it called? The uh, intersectionality. Intersectionality is the fat guy that goes up to the buffet and just loads up the entire plate because he's, he's got all, he's got them all. He's a gay, Jewish, handicapped, black, you know, illusion. It's like, uh, you know, you, you're everything. You're a gender two spirited penguin. Um, and so because of this, you've got these people that are just loading up their, their identity as something they mentally assent to, which is why they demand pronouns. They're demanding pronouns because that is the first instance where they're demanding your language. Words are packaged ideas. So the words you say reflect the ideas you hold. And people demanding you use their pronouns are invading your eyes and ears to go against reality and truth to demand that your brain gets rewired. It's literally spellcasting. When someone says my pronouns are they, their, these, or him, his, whatever, and they don't match what they're doing is they're trying to re-author re your brain, reframe your perspective. It's spellcasting. They're lying to you. And because they're lying to you, if you go along with it, you're believing the lie. If you go along with it, you're accepting something that's not true. Which is sad. And it's tragic.
Amen. I want to end, if I can, with the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ is his death, his burial, his resurrection. That is God's power to salvation. Um, there are many aspects and attributes of Jesus. The more and more I study the scripture, the more I understand that he is king. And the way that he walked the earth is how the king wants his kingdom. Which means he's willing to die for it. Which means that he's loving of it. Which means that whenever he wars for it, he's not doing physical violence. And that's the one that really hits me and really hammers home. Because as someone who used to do physical violence, as a professional in the military, that is something that I'm not, uh, it doesn't, you know, that's something that because I've done and I have experience in it, if I were to do it, it's not something that would bug me. But because I follow Jesus, violence is becoming less and less and lower and lower on my palette of uh, tools, on, on my, my, um, my array of options. And obviously, you know, I have uh, firearms. They're all fakes. They're all replicas. I'm going to defend my family, of course. But I've recognized and I'm learning the more that I walk with Jesus, the more I understand that me dying is going to happen first of all but secondly there could be a, there there will be a purpose in my death and the way that i die whether that's you know 80 years old and i'm you know pass away in my sleep or you know whatever traumatic thing you could think of there's going to be a way that god gets the glory in my death even though that that's going to you know it's not good that anyone ever dies i mean that's that's obvious of sin i mean the de- the wages of sin is death my point is, the more that I walk with Jesus, the more that I look at him whenever he walked here on earth, and I recognize that's what he wants me to do. And because he's king, I'm supposed to walk like him as though no one else is over me except for him. Which just puts you in a fanatical position to fundamentally uh, give the alternative and give the truth to the way of the world. Not that you're necessarily at war with the world, but you following Jesus will put you in conflict with everything that the world has to offer. Everything. Ways that we think, ways that we speak, ways that we pray, ways that we do all sorts of stuff. And so I'm not looking for a fight. I'm not looking to actually pick a fight. I'm not looking to actually do those things. I'm just looking to follow Jesus. And by naturally following Jesus, I believe Christ will put me in the fights that he wants me in. And at that point, it's the wisdom how do you fight? Do you fight like Jesus? I think that there is a time uh, for justified violence. I think that there is a time to defend your family. I think there is a time to defend your property, uh, especially if you're using those things to glorify God, to glorify Christ. At the same time, um, you know that, that would be an incredibly interesting issue of the heart, is that if you're using violence because you're, you hate somebody, I think it's wrong. If you're using violence because you're loving somebody, and you're protecting them, I think that's imminently justified. All of this to say is that these are the types of moral situations and discussions that I think Christians need to be having. We need to dominate death in the sense that everyone who's afraid of death, Hebrews chapter 2, 14, 15, says that death is how Satan enslaves people. People are enslaved because they want money, they want fame, they want fortune. And because of that, they think that they can have material stuff here in order to shape the world the way that they want it to look, which is an idolatrous notion. I want to be in charge, and so I want all this money so I can make the world reflect what I want. I want to get stuff for me. That's idolatry. And they're ultimately doing that because they believe the lie that their material gain, their earthly life here, is greater than the eternal life that they're going to have. And so they probably think like that because they don't want to think about eternity because they're afraid of death. And so because they're afraid of death, they've organized their ways of thinking. They've built scaffoldings and pathways and perspectives and philosophies to completely look away from it, which is the culture we have today, which is why it's so self-interested, which is why it's so arrogant, so prideful, so pugnacious. Everyone just wants to argue And, and look at our entertainment. Our entertainment, the back and the forth, the radical left, the, the hard right. It's all just stupid stuff. Watching servants instead of building empires. 
And the more that I walk with Jesus, I recognize that the gospel really is the dividing line. It really is the departure point. And you can't turn back after that. When you taste of what is good, when you see what is beautiful, when you know who is true and loving, doesn't matter what happens to you. You don't want anything else. You want him. You want what he gives. You want what he brings. You want what he promises. I also want the chance to do him honor. I want to glorify him. I, I want I want to love him with everything that I have. I want to be created. All, all the things that I have, my creativity, my talent, my ability to speak, my, my network, my time, my opportunities. I want all of that to bend to him. All of it. But it all comes down to the idea that before I met Jesus and before I believed the gospel, I was a horrible, horrible sinner who deserved death. Now, I am still a horrible, wretched sinner, and I still deserve death. But it's because he is good, and it's because I believe that he physically rose from the grave after he lived the life that the Bible tells us about, where he claims that he's God. He claims that he's the living water. He claims that eternal life is through him, John 5, 39. Because he claims these things and then he physically rose, when you physically when you believe the physical resurrection, that's a miracle that no one can explain. That's a miracle that no one can redo. So he lives this life, sinless, virgin-born, perfect life. Best teacher, best fighter, best uh, shepherd, best everything, best king. He lives this perfect life. He says, I'm going to go die and then I'm going to raise myself up. And then he does it. Okay, I will worship that man. I will absolutely worship that man, and I do. When you believe the gospel, you understand that Christ came to save you from your sin, and that only through him do you have that everlasting life. No other religion has this. Every other religion is works-based. Every other religion is about what you can do to get to heaven, what you can do to get salvation. Not with Christianity. Christianity, with Christ, you are in him. So believe his believe in his death for the removal of your sin, his blood washing away those sins, his burial, which means your sin dies with him. When his body was put in the grave and the rock was rolled in front of it, that's to signify that he was dead. He was dead. That means whenever you are in him, your sin is dead. Even though you sin again and that's not good and you don't like it, you don't want to do it, don't do it on purpose, but when you do those things, it is dead. And then he rose from the grave. He has the power of life over death. Only him. Amen. Believe the gospel. Folks, the best way that you can help to support me is through patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. 100% American-owned company manufacturing. Take the money that you're already spending and switch it to this, uh, this private association. When you sign up, you're going to get a call from me, a text from me, or somebody that I'm with, or an email from us. And that is for us to invite you. You're going to say, well, I don't really like that. I don't. I just want to shop around. Amen. I hear that. But this is an already established community of people that have the same values. I'll just bring this up here. There's a list of organic companies right here. This is a list of organic companies that used to make organic products that have now sold out. Primal Kitchen sold to half, uh, Kraft and Heinz. Garden Life sold to Nestle. Burt's Bees sold out to Clorox. Epic Provisions sold to General Mills. Applegate Farms sold to Hormel's. Tom's, Colgate, Annie's, General Mills, Zico, Coca-Cola, Larabar, General Mills, and Honesty to Coca-Cola. Folks, there is a hodgepodge, a small group of companies that basically own everything. And if you do an IPO, if you do an initial public offering, if you are on the New York Stock Exchange, if you go public, these people will get their hooks in you. They change the products. They get worse customer service. They go. They start pushing the woke agenda. They're just godless. Why do that? Vote with your dollars. Your dollars are bullets. Your prayers are nukes. Switch over to patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Give myself or somebody with me the opportunity to welcome you to a new way of doing things, products, d direct product purchase. See product, buy product, product is delivered to your door. The only difference is it's done in a group, in a private association, that's away from everybody else. Don't have to worry about the woke stuff because these guys ain't woke. They also agreed that they'll never stop me or interrupt me, interfere with me preaching the gospel.
So, a great way to support my work is to go to patriotswitch.com slash Jaren, sign up, myself or somebody else will get a hold of you. Another way is that you've got Humble Coffee at humblewb.coffee, air roasted. I made the mistake, uh, you know, Katie made the mistake of running out. Went to California, came back, uh, drank this coffee that was garbage. Garbage. Won't do that ever again. Humble coffee, humble whole bean coffee, air roasted, premium, organic, fair trade, Portions of profits, portions of proceeds, I should say, portions of revenue, because it's not profit. You got to be specific about words whenever you're in a private association. Portions of profits go to mail Bibles around the country. Pretty cool stuff. You obviously have the uh, Live Local Field Manual, link in the description below. This is just a basic manual of how to organize your ideas, how to organize your actions, specific action steps, over 1,000 action items. Pretty cool. Available, link in the description below. I appreciate your time. Please continue to pray for mom. Uh, Lord willing, she'll get out today. Uh, she had a brain bleed. She fell down. She went unconscious, fell down. She was in the ICU. Uh, what was that? Um, Tuesday morning into Wednesday. Yesterday, she was moved into a normal monitoring room. She's still there right now. I'm about to go see her. Uh, Lord willing, she goes home. Uh, we'll bring her back here so that we can you know, be closer to her and she doesn't have to be by herself. Uh, so anyway, please pray for mom. Until next time, I am Jaron Jackson. I do love America. Do not quit. A lot of cool stuff. A lot of cool opportunities. Go to war.